All right, welcome to the Off Topic Podcast. My name is Randy Zellio, which you normally can hear every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. on WRPR, back sports page doc, and, of course, on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you can listen to music. That's pretty much where we are. You can just type in Off Topic with Steve Spanup and myself. Uh, but we started to do these podcasts where Steve's doing his own thing, I'm doing my own thing, and this is the first one that I'm doing just on my own. And what better guest to have for me is to have my kickboxing instructor, Senpai Jakeem Ross. Now, uh, Jakeem is a very, very important figure in my life, and that's the point of these podcasts is to talk with people who I'm friends with and get along with, and I can t- we can tell stories, have fun. Uh, for those who don't know me, this is the first time you're taking a listen to me. Uh, I talk about sports all the time. I talk about a lot of different issues. But for me, this is important. Like I said, uh, if it wasn't for me walking into Guerrero and meeting uh, Senpai Jakeem and the people from the kickboxing class, I don't know if I'd be where I am right now. So I figured the first interview of the, this individual off-topic podcast it doesn't get any better than that. And uh, so we had a good conversation. This is part one of the interview. I hope that you guys enjoy it. Uh, some of the guests we do have coming up, we have the daughter of Rowdy Rowdy Piper, Amber Toombs. She's going to come on and talk with us about her father, the book that they wrote about their dad. Uh, we have Kerry Conley, who's part of the kickboxing crew, to talk about her up-and-coming book. We have so we've already that one's already done in the can, is ready to go. Uh, for those who don't know the terminology in the can, that means the interview's already done. We're just going to you know, put the audio around it that needs to get done and do the proper editing. So, so this is really cool. Quick thank you to Rampo College of New Jersey for letting me use their studio to record our shows, record our podcasts, and do everything of the sorts. Also, all, all the sports information that we do is, of course, available on BackSportsPage.com. And, of course, this portion of the program, which would not make any more sense than it would be for a Grail Martial Arts Academy, you can call now at 973-228-3424. They're located on 373 Bloomfield Avenue, Caldwell, New Jersey. Yeah, come on down there they have jujitsu uh adult and teen classes they have kickboxing which i'm involved with and of course they have the kids program over there follow everybody on social media i know uh jakeem is very active on facebook uh, i'm active on facebook i'm also on twitter and instagram at randy bsp so give me a follow there for right now this is the uh one and only jakeem ross or if i want to do 40 more push-ups i'll call him jakeem Otherwise, we call him Senpai. Here's the interview. So, you know, it's, and it's funny, too, because, like, when, like well, I remember when, when my brother first told me, to, you know, asked me to come down and check everything out. Mm-hmm. And I told him, like, I'm not really sold on the jujitsu thing because, you know, like, I, I always joke around saying I'm fragile. You know, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, well, why don't you just try the kickboxing? Because I needed something to build my confidence. And mm-hmm. when I first came mm-hmm. down here, we went down, we were downstairs. And I was like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can take all my aggression out of the bag and just have show, someone to show me exactly. how to do it. You know? Exactly. You know? Well, I, like, I, I understand that because, like, when I first came to the school, I was pretty much in the same boat. My confidence was shot. I wasn't feeling good about myself. I felt like, what do I do with myself? You know, I hit the age of 40, and I'm like, well, what's next? You know, I've been working all this time. I'm not happy with my job. Let me find something to put myself into came to the school I actually came for the kickboxing program but it didn't fit my schedule but I knew I didn't want to leave here without something they said hey try the jujitsu try the jujitsu fell in love with it first day signed up for three years and uh, knowing that eventually I'm going to get back into the kickboxing so that day came and Shihan was like you know hey Sensei Fabian he's going to make a move I'm going to need somebody to kind of take over a little bit so I started teaching the kickboxing class as, as that started going, you know, while I'm teaching that, he's sending me out to another teacher, uh, Master Jan, who's a really great kickboxer. And uh, 
everybody was like, well, how are you learning from Master Jan? You know, private classes. Like, like, I don't know. I'm just going with the flow and I'm enjoying it. So everything like I was bringing to you guys was literally something I had just learned with him. Oh, so it was more of like a touch and go. Thing it was a say. touch and go. Yeah. So, you know, like I literally had no idea how to teach. I was always a student. So coming in and then being a teacher and then trying to make sure I had enough confidence in myself to teach you guys what I was learning, that was a challenge in itself. Was there ever any like second guessing about it? Like, yes. uh, should, I, should, I, like should I be going this route? Should I not be doing Yes, it? Yeah. always. There, even to this day, I, I still question myself, like, am I doing this right? Am I, should I be doing this? You know, or should I show this particular technique? But, you know, as an instructor, you tend to learn who the class is as a whole and then you learn who the individuals are and what they need in particular you know so like say for you for example the one thing i realized you know you told me what your still what your deal was and i was like okay i know how i'm gonna deal with it. i'm gonna give everybody the same particular routine but then i'm gonna go to each individual and say hey this is what i want you to work on right here okay. this is what i want you to work on right here you know the first thing we worked on was you know your punches you know, just so you can get that, like you said, get that aggression out on the bag. And even like when you see the class going, sometimes you'll look to the side and you would see me like shadow boxing. I'm literally running it through my head. The next, the next the thing, next, or even that thing, yeah. Exactly, I'm running it through my head to make sure I do it right. Because I don't want you guys, one thing, one thing about when you teach somebody something, especially when they're looking to you for that knowledge is when they learn something, they're going to walk out with a set of confidence. Like, hey, I just learned something that I had no idea that I could possibly do. The last thing I want is for you to have a false confidence. I want you to know that if you had to use it, it'll work. And it's also one of those things, too, where the minute you walk out of here and you don't feel that you can learn anything, or you, mm -hmm. like you, you know, it's, it's over. You know, yes. Yeah, yep. The minute you think you know it all, it's over. Yeah, that's why, you know, if you notice, I always tried to end the class with something a little special. Okay. With the technique, you know. Say, we'll do a jab cross hook at the, by the end, and you'll be like, hey, everybody, let's try this. Jab cross hook, roundhouse, real fast roundhouse, you know, and then switch back to the other one, or double, or maybe just a push kick into your punches, or just try to show you where you could put other combinations that we've learned prior in the midst of that new set of punches or kicks. So for example, you know the one that we were working on where it's the jab, cross, hook, that little eight punch combo. Yeah. When I'm teaching that, once a person has that down, I like to show them what you could do in between it. So you can kind of break it down. You could do that same eight punch combo, but you can hit the one, two, back up, three, four, back up, five, six, back up. Seven, eight, or you could just go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Well, and it's funny too. You said before also one of the things that started sticks in my head is like you get to know your students too. Because when I started, we had a, we had a very small group, right? right. Maybe, my, maybe maybe five maybe four, even four or five tops. Yeah. yeah, it was only like five of us. And so, how hard is it in that sense to a try and I don't want to say cater, but try to make it easier for them to learn but also at the same time because we were also going through that phase that we were bringing in new people mm -hmm. every single class so is it difficult in that sense to sort of try to keep your current students 
learning something new while trying to bring the new ones up to speed and, and integrate them into it. it. It is it is hard. It's it's very difficult. It's a fine line because you don't want the you don't want the advanced students to feel like, oh man, I just I've already learned this. Yeah. Uh, why am I doing this again? Like this is boring. You don't want to bore the, the advanced students, and you don't want to scare off the new students. Right. You know, you don't want them to feel like, oh, I'm never going to catch on to this. That's where it comes in when we start off. All right, everybody, we're going to do a jab cross hook. The advanced students, they already know their jab cross hook. But now, once we get deeper into the class, now it's, okay, advanced students, you're going to go jab cross hook, switch, you know, uh, roundhouse, switch kick, and then a knee. Meanwhile, the newer people, we're going to stay on the jab cross hook and then maybe we'll throw another cross in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you want to keep everybody on the same line, but you want to give the advanced students that extra bonus to that simple combo that they've already known. You, know, you want to kind of give them the aha moment with something that they've learned in the beginning. It's like, wait a minute, what? Oh, I could do this? It's like, you know, you ride a bike. Right. You ride a bike. Hey, I know how to ride a bike. I know how to ride a bike. Now, hey, let me show you how to pop a wheelie. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's like I've been riding a bike for 20 years, but I've never known how to do a wheelie. Wow, this guy just showed me how to do a wheelie. I, you know, so. And the best is when you can give them that analogy or like when you, or when you see the light bulb go off in their head and when they, when they figure out they mm -hmm. got it. Like I know there's been a couple of times where I remember you looked at me and you're just like, oh, you got it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you're just like, okay, cool. Like he understands it. Now let's see how far he can take it and let's see where his limit is because once you're able to get there, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm just, you know, you, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but like I think once you see they get it and then you want to push them a little far, then you have to push that limit to see how far they can go with it. You want to, I don't want to say you want to break them, but you kind of want to, like you're saying, push them to that point. You want to ride that line. You, you yeah. want to have them sitting right on that line where they're like, am I doing... Where they're saying, where am I doing this right now? So now that's going to make them start rethinking their whole plan again. And it's going to make you reset yourself back to a beginner. Like in jujitsu, they say always have a white belt mentality. All the way up to black belt, red belt. Always have a white belt mentality. Because once you feel that like you know everything, you tend to get cocky, you tend to get bored, you lose interest. But again, back to what I was saying. I can sit there and take you out on the mat right now and give you, we'll go over the one, two, three, jab, cross, hook, you know, and you'll just sit there and be like, okay, yeah, I'm good with this. I'm real confident with this. Then I'm going to throw in three other strikes from north, south, and east. <laughs> and then you're going to be like, well, wait a minute. This, this three count just went way out here. And so it's always a way. you got to always make it interesting, even if you're just, if you're just doing a double jab. I can make a double jab seem real interesting just by putting the analogy to it. But, but, but it's something that's, that's funny too, because I, I, I know I've done it with you and I, and I do it with Sensei Fabian, where like we'll be working on the bag or doing something individual and I'll call one of you guys over and, and I just start asking questions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm, there's somebody in the class, I'm not going to mention names because they don't deserve the call out in, in that sense, but they'll look at me and they say, well, why do you keep asking questions? And I say, because I, I want to take some of the stuff that we've already done and, and, and sort of put it together. You and know? mesh it all together. And, and mesh it all together because not for nothing, like, you know, with, when you're asking questions, it means you want to learn. That means you care enough that you want to yes, learn. Sir. 
And there's some people who are just so proud they don't know how to. And, and as an instructor, as an instructor, I guess I guess the right question to you is, you know, is that something more that you would encourage for them? Because it's, I, I always think asking questions is a good thing. I always encourage people to ask questions because not everybody's going to understand your instructions the same. One person may need me to put my hands on their glove and say, this glove, this glove, this glove, now this knee. Some people I could just sit there and say, do this, do this, and do this, and they're going to go and do it. The person that asks questions, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that I'm a little bit more gravitated towards that person that asks questions. Because, like we're saying, if I have 15 people in the class, I can't sit there for 10 minutes and say, okay, you're going to do this because this does this. Right. You're going to do this because this does this. I'm going to give you the directions, and then you see, I walk, with, I walk the room, I try to sit, I look at what you're doing. I say, okay, Randy, watch this. Do this, do this, make this adjustment, make this adjustment. Then you go boom, boom, boom. All right, now, do it again, boom, boom, boom. And then, you, and then I'll look, and you're, you're, you're looking like, okay, now I see what you're saying. Right. You'll ask the question, mm -hmm. should I be doing this? Don't do this, but do this. Like, like the perfect example is the, you know, like we were doing switch kicks or something right. like that. And some, like, just like little technique things, like should my foot be pointing this mm -hmm. way when this leg is coming up? Because it's like, the, I'm just look, looking for those little things that's going to help me remember it so I can get it in the muscle mm -hmm. memory. So, you know, two weeks down the road after I get done practicing a little bit, I already know this is where the direction this foot's supposed to be. You no longer think about it. Yeah, it's no longer something you have to think about. And and, and that's one thing to come here two or three times a week and do some of these exercises, but it's also the muscle memory of doing some of it at home, even just sitting there in the shower, just, yep. the, just throwing yep. punches. And in stuff. the mirror, looking at yeah. yourself. Like sometimes I like to videotape. I don't get to do it as much as I used to because we have a bigger class. And you know, also work in the other school now. But one thing I like to do sometimes is get a video of the student while they're working. A little quick, two minutes. That's all you need. Not even two minutes, one minute. Get that video, then send that video to you like via Facebook Messenger and say, hey, look at yourself. Mm -hmm. Then you can literally look at yourself and answer some of the questions that you have. You know, because you're saying this, I'm okay, I'm supposed to, I already know um, theoretically, I'm supposed to turn my hips and my shoulders in this direction. In the video, I see I'm not doing it. Now I'm aware of it. Then you make that adjustment. You literally make the adjustment on your own mentally. Um, Irvil, for example, I work with Irvil in the mornings, and I made a video of him one day working with Sensei Fabian. He didn't even know I was doing it, and I sent it to him. And he saw so many of his own pros and cons, that he made his own adjustments. Yes, I had to make a few corrections and everything, but for the most part, he finally saw himself when, all right, for example, you always hear us saying, keep your hands up, mm -hmm. keep your hands up. Most people will literally respond to you and say, my hands are up, my hands are up. No, your hands are not up. You just think they are. But now you're watching yourself and you're like, wait a minute, my hands are down the whole time. Like, oh, holy shit. Yeah. I, I was laughing, and every single time I think of Herbal, I still think of this one day, we, I think you were doing a little bit of the self-defense 
Mm -hmm. And we had, like we had to you know put our arm around him, right? And they, right, and they right, right. over, and I, you put me you put me with Erbil, and and I and, and, and I flipped over, I flipped over, and you looked at me, you went, are you okay? I was like, I think my feet touched the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't ask for a better loving person. Uh, he's, I'm, not, I'm telling you, he, he, he's a, he's a Erbil is a really good example of a um, of a student who really wants to learn. Especially, you know, he does the kickboxing, he does the jiu-jitsu, he, um, he does the beginner's jiu-jitsu, he puts time in with, you know, just the dedication he puts in is... But it says it though, like, like, like you just said though, because like right now he's in tax season, mm -hmm. so he's not able to come to classes, so he's making time in the morning to get here. To get here, so at 8 o'clock. <laughs> and, and, and so that shows dedication, and that's, yep. you know... You know, again, this is this is academy. You know, you, you Shihan, you know, Sensei Fabian. You know, those are the people you always want to go above and beyond for. Because yeah, we're all you know they're they're paying to be here, but mm -hmm. at the same time, it's seeing those people who want to put the extra effort. That that, that dedication. Yeah, and that's yeah. and that's something. But you know, you're very dedicated yourself. I want to like let's tell a little bit more about your, your story. You know, me. Like where where were you, where were you born? Like you know, like how did well, you I'm get a, here? You know what I mean? Well, well, let's start with I'm from East Orange, New Jersey. When it was really a nice place, <laughs> but um, I mean, it still is in certain sections. But um, it's one little section. Yeah, it's one particular block. But <laughs> no, I um, my family, my father um, was a computer technician for IBM. We moved to Florida, and uh, really disconnected me from a lot of things. I stayed with boxing and kickboxing because that was my outlet. And, um, At what age did you start? Probably about six. Really? Six, seven, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, you gotta think about it. I, I grew up in the 70s where my heroes was Muhammad Ali, Bruce Lee, Chuck okay. Norris. I, I didn't have video games. I didn't have uh, television the way these kids. I had four channels. I think we all had four channels yeah. back then. You know, these kids have 200 and 300 and 600 channels, plus video games. But uh, those were my heroes, so I wanted to be a boxer. I wanted to be a karate guy. I wanted to be a kickboxer, you know, whatever it was. So for Christmas, oh, what do you want? Well, even though we didn't really celebrate Christmas, but my birthday is on Christmas, so it was like, what do you want? Oh, I want some Everlast gloves. My father was like, oh, if I get this for you, you know what that means. Yeah, I'm gonna be the greatest. No, I'm gonna punch you in the head every time, <laughs> once a week, <laughs> until you learn to keep your hands up. It's like, whoa, yeah, okay. I, I see that I, you and I have a little bit disconnect. <laughs> what to be. We, we got two different visions here. <laughs> but you know, so that's what it was. You know, I um, I stuck with it because that was my outlet. When I got to Florida, I was a complete outcast. People didn't know if I was black, if I was white, if I was Spanish. I spoke differently. You know, I spoke with a proper northern accent. I'm in the deep down south. Nobody really understood. So I had my boxer. I had that's what I had. I had a gloves and I had a ratty old Everlast bag that I used to just beat up and stuff. But to speed it up, I ended up working for General Electric after the military. And well, where did you serve as far as military was concerned? Uh, Army Rangers okay. 275. Um, started from around 89 till about 
97, you know, a lot of things, a lot of things went on. It's also a different time back then in the yeah, military. Like, yeah. it's really changed up now. Big, big time. You know, the military now, they have a lot of support from the, the civilians. Uh, citizens really, they really love the military. They really give them the support that I think any man that goes, uh, any woman goes in the military, they need. I didn't have any of that. I went into the, I went in, I'll be honest, as a broken person, you know, looking for another outlet because I've gotten older. Uh, so. But, but now it's funny too, because there's, there's some people who still have that, um, you know, the feeling of feeling, I don't want to say feeling of being broken, but now instead of doing something where there's structure like the army, mm -hmm. they have like different support groups and you know what I mean? So exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, as we get closer, that's what I was going to get to. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. I mean, you're, you're the interview. You're, you're driving the boat. <laughs> but um, that's how I ended up here yeah. because working for General Electric, at first it was all about the money. It's like, oh yeah, it's great money. Oh, I'm making great money. But then, you know, you get to about 16, 17, 18 years, and you're like, what the hell am I doing? The money means nothing because now you're spending the money trying to look for happiness, and it's not there. You, you have friends who don't have the same interests or goals as you, so you start leaving your own hobbies alone, and you leave from work, and you go home, and you sit there on the couch in front of a TV, and you say, well, what the hell do I do now? That's what I got to. And one day I was just sitting at work, and I was looking online, and I said, you know, oh, what it was is my son became a brown belt in judo at 18. And I said to myself, I was like, you know what? I have to do something because this kid could probably kick my ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know, let me, let me go online. Let me look up some schools. Let me find a kickboxing school or was something. It, was it one of those conversations? You have to be home by 11. Uh, listen, <coughs> no, I'll be home at 12. <laughs> matter of fact, when I get home at 12, you better be in bed. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. But, but I, I was like, like I said, I was looking for a school. When I came, I realized my schedule didn't fit their kickboxing. But I was so determined, I said, I gotta do something because if I walk out of this door, I'm gonna go another year of misery, falling down that depression hole. And do I get depressed every now and then? Yeah, you know, it's human. I, I'm not totally happy with my life, but when I walk through these doors, I have not a worry in the world. I could be here from eight o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock in the morning the next day. And I don't even feel like I've done a bit of work. I love what I do. But, so I'm here, I'm training, Shihan sees me, you know, I'm here every day. I'm doing the kickboxing class, I'm doing the jujitsu class, I'm doing the beginner's jujitsu, and then I'm going to the advanced class. Shihan, every time he walks in the door, he's like, you again? <laughs> like, hey man, I'm here. So, he says, hey, we need somebody to help out. Yeah, why not? The whole time, Randy, watch this, I'm saying to myself, I'm looking for a way to start giving back. I've done, and this is, you know, between me, you, and the recorder. <laughs> <laughs> and soon the thousands of people. <laughs> thousands of others. But I'm saying to myself, I've done, to me in my mind, I've done so much damage, whether it's friendships that I've hurt or family members that I've hurt or just random strangers who I could have been nice. Instead, I was a little bit standoffish to 
You know, I could have made that difference in the day by smiling and saying hello instead of saying, excuse you. You know, <laughs> I could have made a difference. So I started thinking, like, how do I give back? I want to start giving back. Because when you leave this world, what do you want people to say? Oh, he had a lot of money. Well, guess what? He's dead now. He has nothing. He got a lot of dirt. <laughs> but if you leave this world with people having your memory, um, your memory is going to be worth more than any dollar amount you can ever, ever have. You know, what's, what's his name? Um, one of the Rockefellers? Okay. I know. One of the Rockefellers just yeah. passed away? Yeah. This guy, I thought he was dead years ago. <laughs> I thought this guy was dead in like 1960s or something like that. I didn't even know this guy was still alive. But, you know, look at it. One of the richest men out here, and this man died, and not even a puff of anything about him. All people could say was he was a philanthropist. Okay, that's yeah. cool. But like, what about the fact he's got cash? That's he's got money. Okay, but how many lives did he really touch? How many people did he really go down and put his hand on their shoulder and say, it's going to be all right? Or show them, let me show you how to lift yourself up. I, there's not many, you know? So when I came in here and I was, you know, she was like, start teaching. He's like, start with the kids. I was like, yeah, you know, that is a great idea. And I didn't get to really spend too much time with my kids. So that filled a little bit of a void of me, my own personal life, helping these kids, you know. Some of these parents nowadays, they don't know how to be the type of parents we had, enforcers, yeah. you know. They were parents, but they were disciplinarians. These parents, they want to be their kid's best friend. They don't want their children to be mad at them. So these kids are out of control. No, when I was a kid and I did something wrong, oh, I got my ass whooped <laughs> more than once. And then I probably got my ass whooped again a week later because my father or mother thought about what I did. It was like, that was really dumb. Let me whoop his ass again. <laughs> and it's happening. My father was a type like, hey, remember those gloves you got for your birthday? Put them on. Let's go. <laughs> we're going to go oh, 12 rounds. Let's go. Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Why did I act? I should have asked for like a, a, a pillow set or something, you know? So. Too late for the bike. I trade the gloves in for the bike. <laughs> <laughs> Too late? No. <laughs> but um, so then I'm working with the kids, and it was like an amazing thing. But when it really set in that what I'm doing now is is a very big impact on people's lives is when I started teaching the adults. When I had students like yourself and several other people that you know in the class, even like the guys with jujitsu, and they come in and they look up to you a certain way. And it's not like you're looking for that, you know, hey, look, it's Senpai Jaquim. I want to be like Senpai Jaquim. No, it's more like this guy is looking to you or this woman is looking to you because you're helping them work through their little confidence barrier. Yeah. They don't know that you might be going through a little bit of depression yourself. They don't know that you're working on your confidence as well. You know, even to this day, I'm still working on my confidence. I, I have my moments. I really do. But I think about all the people whose lives I touch. Um, and I'll tell you a quick story. When I first started teaching, I was, I was at Walmart. Um, and just to clarify to everybody, you weren't teaching at Walmart. No. <laughs> <laughs> just, just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> just wanted to clarify that. I wasn't, I wasn't teaching at Walmart. <laughs> I was learning some things. I'm not too dressed. <laughs> but, yeah, so I was at Walmart, 
And I'm minding my business, you know, just walking through. And all of a sudden I hear, at the time I was, you know, the students knew me as Mr. Jaquim. And all of a sudden I hear this little voice go, Mr. Jaquim. And I turn around and it's one of the, one of the little young girl students and her parents. And she comes bolting right at me, major hug. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there like, wow. And you know, and the parents are looking at me as Sensei Fabian just creeps by yeah. with his ninja, he, he does his ninja moves. <laughs> he's, he's got ninja feet, it's all good. <laughs> but, um, you know, just the look, on, the look on that young girl's face, because she saw her jujitsu instructor out in public, yeah. you know, with clothes on, not, not the gi, <laughs> pajamas and stuff. But like, here's, here's an example right here. Here's one of, one of my students walking in now. Connor, what's up, buddy? Everybody get dressed, let's boogie. But, um, you know, just the admiration that she had when she's, and she's telling, I think her grandmother was there. She's telling her grandmother, oh, this is Mr. Jackie, this is my jujitsu instructor. And then the grandma's like, oh, she talks so much about you. And, you know, she has, yeah. she has drawings of you. I'm like, I. I'd hate to see those drawings. <laughs> you know, probably like a little little body with a big fat head. It's, or a, it's, a, it's a stick figure. It's a blue stick figure. Blue stick figure with a big fat head and stuff. <laughs> with a big mouth or something. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I, you know, as I was saying, even with the adults, when I would see, I would run into some adults out there, and they introduce me to their wives or their girlfriends or their husbands. Yeah. You know, they say, "Hey, this is." Senpai Jaquim and that husband, you know how it is when a woman introduces her boyfriend or husband to a man, usually that man is looking at you like, uh, who is this guy? But he's looking at you different because he knows the difference you made in her life. Yeah. Because who knows what might have been going on in their relationship that now that she does what she does on these mats, she's become a different person. He's become a different person. Their homes become a lot lighter. You know, there's a lot less stress because now they have an outlet. Um, well, that was like on Christmas with Kate, remember? With, with my other half too, remember that? There you go, yeah. you know what I mean? Things are a lot different. You learn to handle stuff um, with more confidence, more tact, you're more level-headed, you and you realize like, hey, what we're arguing about right now really isn't that important. You know what I mean? And even my own family and friends, they all say, hey, I see a big difference in you. When I first came here, me and my friends, they were all like, oh, I'm joining the gym. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've done that before. Whatever. So I went, I was like, hey, guys, I'll be back. We want to check out the school. They were all sitting there making bets on whether I was going to come back with a gi or not. Yeah, I came back with the gi. <laughs> they was like, this freaking guy. Mm. But in all seriousness, look now. They've all stopped going to the gym. Yeah. I've quit my job and now work at the school full time, which I, you know, like I said, I had like six months to retirement and it was like, what am I waiting for? Yeah. Am I really going to sit here for six months and be miserable to go and do what I really love when it's right here in my face right now? Master Guerrero gave me the opportunity and I took it. You know, am I getting paid the same amount of money? No. Do I care? No. Because guess what? I'm getting back a lot more 
than money has ever given me. You know, that, that feeling that I'm doing something right in this world means more to me than anything. Like, I'll tell you, Randy, like, <coughs> excuse me, I've done a lot of things I'm not very proud of, and to finally be able to give back in a positive way this way, it, it really does mean something to me in a way that I can't even express. Like, I'm kind of getting choked up just thinking about it. How many people I've lost, friends, I, I've, you know, I've just lost two major family members who, like recently within the last 30 days, who I was glad to have made a certain impact on their life before they went. Because if I wasn't doing what I was doing, maybe they wouldn't have lived as long as they did with their illness or whatever. They might have, they might have, uh, hey, what's up, buddy? They might not have had that will to hang on as long as they did. Yeah. But they would see my video Facebook posts or, or just my regular Facebook posts and stuff, and they would tell me, they would comment and say, hey, man, you just gave me some inspiration. Like, hey, I just, this morning I did 20 push-ups. I ran for a half a mile. You know, I, I got up this morning early, hugged my kids, and worked out with my kids. So, you know, that's like a really beautiful thing. It's the ability to make a difference. That, that there it is. In a whole, yeah. making a difference. And that's what it's about. All right, buddy? Yeah. This is my man, Connor. What's up, Connor? Connor's come a long way. You ready for class? Yes, sir? Yes, sir. A little bit louder. Yes, sir! There we go. <laughs> this is my man, Randy, right here. What's up, buddy? Just pound. There you go. All right, so that was part one of the Jakeem Ross interview that I did. Oh, it's going to be Senpai Jakeem, or else I'm going to be doing 40 push-ups. So you're going to hear part two next Friday. We're going to put that together for you. Good stuff. Good stuff all around from him. And I bet you I probably could have done a better job of the interviewing, but it's not about the interviewer. It's the interviewee, and he is a stand-up human being. You know, I always encourage all my friends when I talk about Senpai Jakeem, just the type of person he is, and you guys got to come down and just get to know him. He's a really, really great guy, and I promise you, you guys will like the second half. I hope you guys like the first half of the interview, and we're going to keep going with that uh, next week. Real quick, you want to follow the show here on social media. We are off topic with Steve and Randy on SoundCloud. We're also on iTunes, so you can follow us there. Download us every single time if you uh, hit the little subscribe button. Put stuff up every single week from our shows. Our shows usually last live around two hours. We usually cut things up into different segments. If this is the first time you're ever listening to me, we have a, a long range of guests uh, that we end up having during our regular two-hour show, which is every Thursday night from 6 to 8. More information on that, you can always go to my Facebook page or go to BackSportsPage.com. You get more, all the information there, but we have everything from TV stars, movie stars, sports stars. Uh, Steve and I are really just two goofballs and like to have fun. And I, stay tuned for the show. I promise you'll like it. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll throw babies. P please really don't throw babies, though. That's, like, not right. For more information on Grail Martial Arts Academy, call 973-228-3424 or stop by the school, which is located at 373 Bloomfield Avenue in Caldwell, New Jersey. Next week, we will continue our conversation with Hakeem Ross, and I promise uh, it will not let you down. My name is Randy Zellia. You will see you next week. See you guys.